This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Videoblocks.com. Stop overpaying for stock media that's underwhelming. Videoblocks is an affordable, subscription-based site that gives you unlimited access to over 100,000 HD video clips, After Effects templates, and motion backgrounds. Get your seven-day free trial at Videoblocks.com slash promo slash PCPer. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 361 being recorded on August 5th, 2015. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malventano. Josh's video looks odd on this one. Yeah. Now what did I do? I don't it's got know, like, it's a, like the color tone is just like different. like old-timey Instagram filter. Did you drag the contrast slider in the other direction? Are you, are you sending video through Instagram to yeah. us? No, it's not square. It's rectangular. It's not sepia. Oh. Mm, yeah, kind of. Well, it looks sepia. Yeah, it's getting there a little bit. Well, you know, my 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 wife's desk is still dirty. So, well, I mean, we know you're in the right place. That's not yeah. the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. actually replaced his set with a green screen, and this is a picture. That's what it is. Of the background. <laughs> well, it could be. I don't see a giant Nobody stack would of do something like that. That no. would be ridiculous. That would be silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, welcome to the show, everybody. If uh, we're, we're trying a bunch of different things today, we got a whole new like YouTube encoding. Uh, system we're using. We've got a new yep. primary camera for Alan and I that's running on a battery that we have no idea how long it lasts. So let us know if this video looks. If the video any suddenly goes black, um, and if it goes black, let don't don't let us know about that because we know what that was. But, sure, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> It'll go black, and then you'll hear Ken cursing in the background. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just general. That's I mean, a, that happens yeah, all the time. It's a, it's a day, so yes. Um, welcome to the show. PCPro.com slash podcast is the URL where we uh, have all of our episodes posted on a weekly basis. However, if you want to join the live stream, which we highly encourage you guys do, it's a very fun thing, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm on this side of the camera, and I think it's at least entertaining. But you're biased. I am. I'm very biased uh, uh, in many regards, but in this one, definitely. If you go to PCPro.com slash live, on Wednesday nights, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, that is where we uh, do this wonderful show. Um, and if you need a little friendly reminder, if you need someone to say, hey, nudge, nudge, by the way, don't forget, PC Perspective is recording their show tonight, you can go to PCPro.com slash subscribe. And you get this little page here that shows uh, a sign-up for a mailing list, asks for your name, it asks for your email address. That's pretty much all you need. And uh, we've actually had a couple thousand new entries onto that list. Hopefully we'll have some new viewers tonight yep because of the contest we're running but all we use this for is letting you know about our live events whether it be this whether it be you know people coming in for live streams whether it be us doing other dumb stuff Mm -hmm. that's all it's used for so uh, feel free to sign up for that we highly encourage you to do so and those extra new subscribers are coming from this which you still have let me scroll down here a little bit look it's me sitting on this desk in front of the same set. How, come, how come there's like somebody not showing their butt crack behind you with that in, in your position? I don't, you know, I don't know. Oh, I, you know, the, the, the praying guy. Yes. All the butt cracks. I, we could have Photoshopped that in. Ken wasn't creative that day. I don't know what to tell you. What Maybe I Photoshopped it too well. Maybe you can't even tell it's there. Yeah. Uh, but you can win. Uh, Gigabyte sent us a bunch of hardware partnering with Kingston and Thermaltake. Uh, how about a $1,000 Core i7-5960X 8-core processor, a Gigabyte X99 Gaming 5P motherboard, 32 gigs of RAM, two GTX 960s, a 480-gig SSD, Thermaltake V51, and tough power, 850-watt power supply, and a cooler, totaling $2,600. We did a system build with this, and now we're giving it away to you. That's right, all for free. And all you have to do is be one of the 55,000 entries. That's a lot of people. 
So that's why you have six days left to enter. The the ways to enter are many. You can They're watch legion. us. You can watch our system build. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter. Go to our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitch, SoundCloud. Sign up for that PC Perspective Live newsletter. Um, and also a daily bonus, which is important. You come back every day. All you have to do is click a button, and you get another entry into, into the contest. So uh, you have... Another six days. So before the next podcast, we will know who won this $2,500 system. So good luck to everybody. Josh, you can't win still. I can't. But I've given up on winning a long, long time did ago. His, does, did, his, did his color tone change again? I, well, it's because I, I turned on another light to <laughs> do some more reflective. It looks better this acne. time. No, this time it looks it, normal. It was his white T-shirt. What? Throwing off the throwing off the exposure because he no, doesn't, I, I, doesn't I normally wear a white T-shirt. Another light in front of me that yeah. bounces off the wall. Yeah, which helps. Okay, yeah. interesting. Gives him better ambiance. Well, I also turned off the dark orange background and got the light orange background. Does it seem like Alan and I only ever wear black T-shirts? It's pretty true. I, I just like every time we do a video or something, I was like, oh man, we kind of like blend in with this table. I should try to wear a not black T-shirt. Next time, but then I always end up wearing a black T-shirt. Most of my T-shirts are black. Mine too. I would say ninety percent. Yeah. Are you wearing wind pants, Alan? Um, what pants? No, he's not wearing it, his tracksuit. You're not. He's you're not, not wearing, wearing his eighties tracksuit today. No. No. <laughs> Sorry, it's too hot. I actually it's the banned summer. them from the office. He's not allowed to bring them in. Uh, it's the summer. Yeah. People think you're Ukrainian or something. <laughs> Who's that Eastern European you got working for you, right? It's like, well, <laughs> well, you know, cheap labor. Uh, let's talk about the big story of the week, which is quite obviously it is Skylake. Everybody, mm-hmm. Skylake is here. Um, <clears throat> it's an interesting release from Intel. So it's a new processor, it's a new socket, it's a new chipset, it's a new motherboard, it's a new architecture. It's kind of a new process technology because Broadwell was the only thing other wise on 14 nanometer, and we didn't really do much with Broadwell on the DIY market because they just recently released those parts. Um, and they weren't really kind of aimed at the same at the same crowd. Uh, the part we're looking at today is the Core i7 6700K, which is, as the name implies, a K SKU is unlocked. Uh, this is fully unlocked multiplier voltage, all that stuff. You can overclock this. This is what it's built for. But you notice the subtitle of this review, which is first for enthusiasts, which is a change for Intel in that they. Well, definitely with Broadwell. And with, I think they did this with Haswell too, right? Where they released like the mobile version first, right? You've got your dual core laptops out in the market. Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes you even got the quad core versions of that into the market. And then you then they went back and said, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, you guys that build your own computers, blah, blah, blah. Here you go. Here's a 4770K. And uh, then they released other parts than that. But it was always, you know, the enthusiast parts were last. This time, not only are they doing the enthusiast parts first, they're only doing the enthusiast parts for now, and they've done this release without um, without even giving us details on the architecture. Usually, we go to an IDF, we learn all about the architecture. Four or five months later, we get that part. We know how to talk about it. This time, they didn't do that, and, and they were very upfront. It's like, hey, you know what? We're going to tell you about it at IDF in a week or two. Um, 
just so figure just, figure it out for yourself. So just review it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I mean, you can do that. You, if if you really only care about performance and results, that's what you do. If you care about the academic side of about why those changes, yeah. if you care about being informed, yeah, then then you want to know about this stuff. So it's not like they're going to withhold that from us. They're going to tell us that eventually. It was just a little odd to write this review, not knowing about it. Like, so it's a DDR4 memory instead of DDR3. Yep. The, the architecture supports DDR3L. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you're not going to see that on consumer parts. Um, well, on most well, consumer desktop. parts. Yeah. I, apparently, there was a motherboard at CBIT, uh, Computex. Yeah. It's like a... ASRock board no, or something. it was a Biostar, like B150. Oh, it was a B, yeah. not a Z chip. It and was it a had B. both DDR3L slots and yeah. DDR4 slots. Kind of like how we saw in the Core 2 transition. Yeah. DDR2, DDR, DDR3. Was it DDR1 to DDR2? Both. Yeah, we saw... I remember those dual motherboards. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Never quite... I mean, I guess they were. I only remember the really crappy SD RAM to DDR back in the day. Oh, yeah. And they worked so horribly bad that. Thanks, Acer Labs. Yeah. The Alley chipset. Yeah, ALI Northbridges and ULI Southbridges. Heck yeah. Uh, So, DDR4 memory on this. It's. uh, And the other only kind of like major architectural thing we know, other than it being a 14 nanometer process part, is that they removed the fiber. The FIVR, Fully Integrated Voltage Regulator. Remember when Haswell launched, it was kind of a big deal. They moved, It was the future. Yeah, they moved the voltage like f- control from the motherboard onto the processor. And the, the motherboard supplied one single rail into the processor, and the processor was responsible for dividing that up between um, the V-core, the memory, uh, and all the other places that it needed, you know, the uncore parts as well. Uh, with Broadwell, we saw them change it a little bit. It still had a fiver. They kind of stepped back a little bit and said, you know, um, for really, really low voltage implementations, we actually figured out a way to bypass the fiver mm-hmm. so you don't have to use it. And now with this one, they basically said, uh, because of these inefficiencies, it just made more sense to get rid of it. So apparently on Skylake, across the board, there is no more integrated voltage regulator. It's back on the and motherboards. Do you, do you know why? I, I don't, I guess. Okay, this is my Conspiracy theory, sure, maybe even it. a constipation theory. Yeah, those are the best. <laughs> it's really impacting me and my buying decisions. <laughs> okay. Do I need to go further? No. no? Um, Intel has always kind of done this in that, uh, you know, they, they, they have something on their chip and they figure something out and they say, you know what? We would rather the motherboard guys eat this expense than us. We'll charge just the same amount for the CPUs. <laughs> But we're going to make them do something else. That's like the birth of LGA. The motherboard sure. guys hate having to buy the LGA sockets because they're more expensive. AMD still does pins because they're trying to get as many motherboard people onto their boat by saying, hey, buy, buy this cheap ZIF thing as compared to this much more expensive LGA. Yeah. And it's just kind of the same thing. I mean, but here, hey, one- hey, we've got granular control of, of power, but... You know what? They're making motherboards a little bit cheaper, and our CPUs cost more, and we're charging the same. What if we just offload that to them? But isn't it? It seems a little odd because, like, the power control with Z seventy-seven and all that was with the motherboard. Like, they knew how to do it. Intel wanted to take that away, and I always thought they took it away in order to like have better control on those ultra thins, the tablets, the ultra books, maybe even into the smartphone world. Yeah. I think that probably was the original idea, yeah. but they found that it had inefficient. Limited, it was not, yeah, they didn't see the efficiency gains and they, they, they caused their 
products to be more expensive because they had to integrate more crap onto their CPU. Indeed. How much die space would that cost? Is it a significant amount or a very small? With Broadwell, I don't know how much die space there was, but they had to uh, – if you remember in Broadwell, they talked about how they they had to put a hole in the motherboards of those notebooks to put like those capacitors on the back of the process in order to keep the um, profile of the chip hmm. down. Interesting. Again. Um, so I, I imagine that probably had part of it as well. Yeah, and, and also probably there's some interesting uh, uh, fabrication issues with uh, putting be. some of this stuff on the die because, you know, as we had talked before, like GPUs and, and power and I.O. and stuff like that, if you do it on, a, on one process fits all, you have to do a lot of workarounds to get everything to work like you're supposed to. Yep. So it seems like, uh, you know, at least on the die side as well, I mean, yeah, they've got the capacitors and and other actual hardware uh, outside of the die. But, yeah, it, it makes everything more expensive. Development time, yep. fabrication, and so, final chip manufacturing. Yeah. yeah, Let's talk about what we do know here. Uh, we did get specifications. So they're releasing two parts, the Core i7-6700K and the Core i5-6600K, differences of which are very similar to what we've seen in the past. If you look at this table, um, both are 11, LGA-1151, which is a new socket, not compatible with any of, the other, any of the other processors. So any motherboards that support Skylake do not support anything else, and yeah. vice versa. Um, the 6700K, which is the one we'll focus on today, is a quad-core, hyper-threaded part, base clock of 4 gigahertz, max turbo clock of 4.2, so very limited range in that regard. If you look at the uh, 4790K, oops, where's the wrong mouse, uh, which was Devil's Canyon, it had a the same base clock of 4.4, but actually would go up to 4, I'm um, sorry, had the same base of 4.0, but would go up to 4.4 gig um, uh, max turbo. DDR4, uh, officially up to 2133, but all these motherboard guys are going a lot higher than that. I think I've seen 3,400 kind of in BIOS settings already. 8 megs of cache, um, new Intel HD graphics, which we don't know details about, but I can tell you it is significantly faster than Haswell. Uh, TDP of 91, a little bit higher than, than Devil's Canyon, but just by 3 watts. And an MSRP of $350, which is uh, 10 bucks higher than where Devil's Canyon sells at today. And I expect that to come down a little bit. The other major change here is this, the system bus, DMI 3.0. Well, just DMI three, which is uh, the interface between the processor and the chipset. So we'll talk more about that when we get into the actual chipset changes. But that DMI three interface is actually pretty important to kind of the expandability of the platform, uh, going up to eight gigahertz and what is that? What did we decide that was? One gigabyte per channel, so four gigabytes yeah. per second total yeah. in that in that bus, which which is a, a, an increase over with DMI two had with with Haswell. Um, so we already talked about the overclocking stuff. It's fully unlocked. There are some other changes. Uh, we'll get Maury in on that when he gets back from his vacation to look at the, the individual motherboards. Uh, like the base clock doesn't have these straps anymore. You don't have to go, you know, you used to have to go from 100 to 125 to 150 to 175 and these kind of 25 megahertz jumps. You don't have to do that anymore. It's fully, you can go 105, 110, 112, 115, all the way up. Uh, nothing changes there. They've added some more granularity to the memory overclocking as well. So you have some flexibility in that regard. Uh, and I think you have 100 and 133 megahertz steps instead of 200 and 266 megahertz steps. So that's kind of um, uh, the the quick and dirty on the processor. It's, it's not any different 
Like, it's still a quad-core, hyper-threaded part. People were maybe hoping for six cores or eight cores or something like that. You're not going to get that yet. You're going to have to go to the Haswell E platform for that still. Uh, it's DDR4, which means your existing memory doesn't work in it. But it's dual-channel still. You don't have to worry about quad-channel in that regard. Um, well, not according to uh, Sebastian. What, what's he say? <laughs> You can use your old DDR1 on yeah, this board. Yeah. Well, if you sh- yeah, if you push hard enough, you can yep, use any yeah. memory yeah. on it. That's true. Um, yeah, here's some of that more slot on the one CPU stuff. Yeah, so I mean, my my quick overclocking result is uh, I was using the ASUS Z170 Deluxe, and I was able to get 4.7 gigahertz out of it on all cores. Hmm. So that's a 700 megahertz upgrade. Uh, upgrade. Uh, Improvement, in, increase, improvement, and in, in performance, and in general, like I did a lot of talking with ASUS on this regard because they see many more processors. I have one processor; they get many processors, and they're kind of there. They see, uh, first of all, Skylake will run at higher voltages than Haswell while maintaining lower temperatures. Okay. So you can get a 1.4 volt processor, which on Haswell was really high, mm-hmm. and on this, that's okay. If you have any kind of like closed-loop water cooler or really high-end air cooler, that should be fine. And if you have like a triple radiator cooler, you can maybe push 1.45 volts on it. Um, there's how much more of an overclock do you get as you push? Well, it's kind of interesting. Um, for example, that last 100 megahertz uh-huh. is like a real stretch on most of the parts. Like okay. I was able to get 4.8 almost completely stable mm-hmm. at like 4.3 volts or something like that but then my cooler couldn't really handle it i was hitting 92c and you know system turned off that's not a good sign um and asus saw that the testing range for all cores enabled ranged from about 4.6 to 4.8 gigahertz on all the samples they had and uh they were saying that was about 200 megahertz higher with similar cooler configurations on Skylake than compared to Haswell. Mm-hmm. So you can actually, in general, obviously your mileage is going to vary with overclocking, get a little bit more out of Skylake than you could out of Haswell, which is, which is good. Uh, and again, like I said, this is very early in the, in the overclocking stages with Skylake for end users. We'll have to see how this changes. Uh, one thing I'll say is Kyle over at Hard SCP in his review also got 4.7 gigahertz, but his voltage that he got it at was way lower than mine. Okay. And I think... I could probably go way lower than 1.4 on mine and still maintain 4.7. I haven't done it yet. I just ran out of time. But that goes into, I think, uh, uh, Raj from Asus was telling me, he's like, you know, I, on one of his, he could get 4.7 at 1.35 volts. I mean, he could get 1.48 volts, but he had to go all the way up to like 1.41 volts to get it. So there's like a huge gap to get that last 100 megahertz, which yeah. if you're talking about temperatures and, and wear and tear on your CPU, probably not worth it. In the grand scheme yep. of things, yep, just save but, it um, and probably be a little bit more stable to it. The lower, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And also, interestingly, uh, Intel in their presentation announced they were going to have K SKU processors of Skylake for notebooks, for enthusiast class notebooks that want to do overclocking. They're going to offer that. Hmm. No more details, more info coming in Q3. But you know, think of like your MSI GT72 or your Asus G751 with those big honking gaming machines and right. you know when you plug it in maybe being able to overclock it if you wear headphones 
I don't know. I'm just curious to see how well, the we did. Changed. We did have this argument a couple months ago about GPUs and how they should just let you overclock GPUs. Yeah, I, I, this is, this yeah. makes sense. They should just let you do it. If if MSI wants to take that on and say, okay, we're going to validate this and warranty this at two or three hundred megahertz higher. Yeah. Or if they just want to unlock it for their end customers to do. I mean, you can generally get away with at least some of an overclock without a voltage increase. And well, the, you know. the K unlocked uh, the K skew unlocked being multiplier unlocked. Right, right. But what I'm what I mean is like. You know, without messing with the voltage, like you're not gonna, your heat output's not gonna go up that much. Oh right, 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 right. You know, yeah, yeah. But you forget the the reason for all this was back in the day when oh. you had like a 50 megahertz difference in CPU speed, but it was 400 dollar more expensive processor, and that was why people overclocked. Yeah, and that way, and they and they they locked it down because people were charging much more, but they weren't actually you know like. They had a 350 megahertz Pentium 2, and somebody overclocked it, and it's like, hey, I have this 400 megahertz, we're going to charge you a bunch more money. Yep. And now it just doesn't make as much sense. I mean, it's just kind of, we've got turbo clocks, we've got base clocks, we've got the amount of cores, and you've got a much, you know, instead of $1,500 CPU, you've got a $300 $350 top-end CPU for 1151 as compared to, you know, the base, which is, what, 88 bucks for some dual-core and yeah. change. So it's, it's, yeah, overclocking is not the big deal it was 10 years ago. I, I agree. Tons of people still want to do it. And trust me, if you write a story about a processor and compare two parts and they're not fully overclocked, then you're an idiot. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, yeah, we don't need the... the uh Intel processor identification utility anymore. Remember that? I don't. You'd run it. It wasn't very popular, but you'd run this utility, and it would, if you were overclocked, it would give you all sorts of like not genuine Windows style warnings oh, about really? your about your processor. <coughs> yeah. yeah, I don't remember that. Like I would run it just for kicks because I had like a dual Xeon system that I overclocked the crap out of, and I'd run it and be like, and then it would say like, "Hey, you you might not have an authentic." You know, CPU of this speed. It's actually going at this speed. And, uh, right. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, let's real quick. We'll look at integrated graphics performance. I don't think again on these parts. This is something that we that is is really a focus. Um, but it's always interesting to look at, right? Because Intel has continued to improve their graphics performance um, as the generations increase, and so and look, their software support. Oh yeah, said graphics. That too. Uh, yeah. So here's like let's actually let's scroll down to like 3D Mark Firestrike. There you go. Uh, Skylake up top here, a score of 1,100. Haswell, 800. Uh, AMD's Kaveri, still doing quite well at 1,600. This Broadwell one is interesting. Remember that the Core i7-5775C with Broadwell is one of the Iris Pro that has 128 megs of the ED RAM. Mm-hmm. So it has and this huge L4 much cache. much wider graphics. It's like double. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it makes sense that Broadwell is still faster than Skylake. Even though Skylake's newer, Skylake will come out in a, uh, a a, a GT4, GT3 iteration uh, eventually, at least on mobile. I don't know for sure if it will on desktop, but I assume it will. But here's what's interesting. So, like, you look where Kaveri is here, graphics, impressive integrated graphics, and you go down to, like, the physics score, and you're like, oh, Aww, oh poor, poor, poor Kaveri. And then the end result is, if you look at the overall... It's still, it's still, it's still there. It's still yeah, but it's a hundred nineteen dollar processor. Correct. Yeah. It is significantly less expensive, and uh, it's at the same TDP. Uh, actually, Broadwell is thirty watts lower. 
interestingly. But it is $130. It is less than half the price of the 6700K, the 5775C, and the 4790K. Uh, and real quick, on PC games, like actual games, you'll see the same type of thing. Uh, Bioshock Infinite 1080p. Low, for example, you can play at almost 30 frames per second on Skylake, but only 20 on Haswell, but 49 frames per second on Broadwell. Right, so you can see kind of how Broadwell, with that implementation of Iris Pro, kind of skews the architectural changes, if you will. Do we know if this one can do like uh, 4K 60, four like full RGB stuff, HDMI 2 style? So it doesn't support HDMI 2.0 natively. It okay. does do DisplayPort. Okay, but it does have DisplayPort. And port. so uh, the Z170 motherboard yeah. that we had, the ASUS Deluxe, mm-hmm. uses a chip. I can't remember which one that converts. DP to HDMI 2.0. Oh, okay, so that's how it gets it. So it's doing HDMI 2.0. I we have, think it'll do 444 yeah, over DP. Not sure. We, we should hook it up to our today. Wasabi Mango and find out. Yeah. Ugh, I can't believe I just said that out loud. Um, Grid <laughs> 2, another game here. Uh, Kaveri still holding well, despite its you know kind of CPU performance deficits indicated by 3D Mark. It still does very well here for for integrated gaming. Metro Last Light, similar levels here. So it's interesting. Like Skylake, if you look at Skylake. And you compare it to Kaveri, right? Pretty close. Skylake wins that one. Yeah, pretty close here, but Kaveri wins. And then really close here between Skylake and Kaveri. Yeah. Intel's kind of caught up on this, right? And they have very uh, a, a much better CPU to go along with it. When did Kaveri, non-gaming application? When did Kaveri come out? Like how long ago was that? <sighs> Josh, a year like ago. A year ago? A year yeah, because yeah. Godavari's out year now, two but months. I don't know if there's much change. No, there's a 100 results. megahertz difference change yeah. in CPU, but yeah, the GPU is. clock did go up pretty significantly with Godavari. So it's like Man, wouldn't have been cool if AMD had megahertz in Kaveri, and now it's like 850 to 870. So it would be a significant jump in, in performance if you were to test a Gatavari against this in, in just graphics. Yeah, we'd be able to compare yeah. that if they sent Which, one. Was indeed sent us a yeah, I know. Sensor. Funny. That. Hmm. Mm. So weird. So weird. Uh, again, clock for clock. I want to look at this. A very interesting page if you're interested in the architectural improvements. This I took. A Skylake, a Broadwell, a Haswell, an Ivy Bridge, and a Sandy Bridge part. <laughs> run them all at 3.5 gigahertz. And a partridge and in a pear tree. see how they scale. Uh, and this is a Cinebench single thread result. And if you look at uh, Cinebench multi thread, they both kind of scale yeah. interestingly. And what we, well, here's what we're used to seeing uh, South, Sandy to Ivy. Eh. Ivy to Haswell, okay. Haswell to Broadwell, sure. Broadwell, Skylake, okay. Yeah. But if you look at Sandy Bridge at 6.8 to Skylake at 8.5, you know, you're looking at a 21% or 25% increase in performance. And that's all at the same clock. It's all the same clock, right? Because by default, Sandy Bridge runs a couple hundred megahertz lower yeah. than uh, than that. But obviously, people get into, well, I run my Sandy Bridge overclocked. And of course you do, because you're running on a five-year-old processor. Yeah. It but makes sense. Running, you should do that. But unless you're running a 20% overclock. Right. You yeah, know. but you could run those things at 4.8 without a problem. Right. But you could, But if you can run Skylake at 4.7 without a problem. Yeah. Yeah, but it's taken a while to you're, get to that you're point. You're still going to... I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like, I would never have said anybody who had Sandy Bridge should get Ivy Bridge or Ivy Bridge should get Haswell. Right. Right. But now I'm looking at people who have Sandy Bridge and go, hey, maybe you should get Skylake. What about Nehalem? If you have Nehalem, then you have other issues. <laughs> Alan. Alan. He like he does not like SATA 6. Yeah. No. Well, you know. You do what you, you got to do. That's why I was rating 6. Uh, uh, I encourage SAT. you guys to go to the review and look through the benchmarks. I'm not going to detail all of them here. But, like, for example... 
X264 benchmark. Skylake pr- throwing out 79 frames per second. Haswell throwing out uh, 67 frames per second. When I say Haswell, I'm referring to the Devil's Canyon 4790K, so the highest end Haswell desktop skew that was out. Wow. Uh, and, you know, you start to look at, so the 5960X, the $1,000 Haswell E-part, is still faster, right? 95 frames per second it can encode. But if you look at Sandy Bridge E, which is a six-core hyperthreaded part, it scores 75, and Skylake is now 79. So Skylake is running yeah. at a higher frequency, but half the core, or I'm sorry, two-thirds the cores. Threads or cores? Both. Both. Oh, yeah, because they're both hyperthreaded. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, math. Hard <laughs> uh, But it is sorry. faster than Sandy Bridge E. Sandy Bridge E using, uh, was it? It was a quad channel, right? Yeah, Sandy it's Bridge a quad e, yes. channel controller. Yeah. Um, and, and six cores hyperthreaded, like so you're starting to see some things. Now again, Sandy Bridge is an older mm-hmm. it's newer than Sandy Bridge, but it's still fairly old. Um, and it, you're starting to see some interesting results there that 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 Skylake is at maybe this kind of interesting odd tipping point of CPU performance. Uh, power consumption still pretty good. This is whole system, not the processor, 143 watts, which is a little bit it looks like 20 watts less than... than uh, kind of makes you wonder what a hypothetical Skylake E would do. If that I mean, it'll do good stuff. Like, they're going to make yeah. that part. They're going to make that part. So uh, so that's 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 our Skylake review. I think it's a really good processor. I think it does some really cool stuff. If you have Haswell, should you buy Skylake? Probably not. Right. If you have Sandy Bridge or Ivy Bridge, should you buy Skylake? Maybe. If you're if building it, a system now, if you're building a system now, obviously this is the way to go because it's not yeah. like the Skylake processor is going to be a hundred bucks more. It's still three fifty, maybe a little bit less once they show up in stock. Right. Um, so I mean, it's it's a great part. Like I don't, I don't I don't have anything else to say. It's I don't know it architecturally why. Maybe what is today? Today's the fifth. So next week, I I should know why it's better. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you get, like that chart I mean, that had, you know, the like 5% improvement yeah. each generation, it's basically they're just making some instructions are going like one clock faster. Yeah. You know, they're just basically optimizations, cache optimizations, different things they can do. Four cycle FMA. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. There's That's just, improvement. there's just like, I mean, there's, there's, I think there's finally a time to do that. Like, I, I, I'm kind of been debating building a, a Haswell E system or a Skylake system. At this point, to replace mine, and um, I have access to more hardware than most people, so it's kind of it's a different debate. So we're going to get hand me downs. I could really use a hand me down. Thank, thank you. He said to hand me down. He wanted a Oof. he wanted a hand. Uh, Oof. Never mind. Um, another thing I want to touch on real quick is Skylake versus Sandy Bridge in discrete GPUs. I'm not going to run through this because this is really just an article full of benchmarks. Yep. Uh, but we took a GTX 980 and a GTX 980 in SLI and compared them running on a Z170 Skylake board, stock settings versus a Z68, uh, which had to go back a ways to find one of those motherboards, Sandy yeah. Bridge stock settings system. And wanted to compare, like, what was the gaming performance like? And we, we, we showed you a bunch of benchmarks on the last page about CPU-related tests, but for people who are just really PC gamers, what do you get out of it? And here's what's interesting. So the orange bars are the Sandy Bridge-based system. The black bars are uh, Skylake. Yeah, so this is basically everything else the same as far as GPUs 
Everything else is identical, you know, except we have to use different motherboards in memory, obviously, DDR3 versus DDR4. But, uh, you know, you you start to see that there are some differences. There are some frame rate differences here. The frame rates are high in this game, so it doesn't mean much, but there's a difference there. Also, the tail off is stronger, meaning that the frame time variance, uh, notice here, frame time variance is higher, faster at 1080p with a single GPU. If you look at... um, Single GPU 25 by 14, you'll find that those differences are almost gone completely. Because there's which more, makes sense. more GPU. More work. emphasis on the GPU, more bottleneck on the GPU. Right. But what I found really interesting, uh, but not entirely surprising, is if you look at SLI. So if you take a pair of GTX 980s, there's more work on the CPU to kind of divide up uh-huh. SLI work plus the game work. And what you start to see here is some more dramatic differences. So notice this. this back and forth motion of the orange is much more dramatic than on the black line of, of, of Skylake. You still get this performance improvement, uh, but, um, you know, you get frame variance improvement as, as well. But this is the one, this is the game, I will point out this uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. It's the newest game that we tested. Um, at 1080p, I think it had, let me scroll down here. I mean, that's a pretty dramatic frame rate difference, especially since you're hovering at around 60 frames per second. So essentially the 6700K was able to keep the frame rate above 60. Yeah. Whereas Sandy Bridge was not. In the, yeah, in it actually frame. was hitting and 40. frame time variance is really high. Yeah. That's, that's like... That's single GPU. That's easily, uh, like, noticeable, like, that's visually t- noticeable. It's visually noticeable. Like, it's 25%. Yeah. Um, and you can see here the frame variance. But then I'm going to skip 2560 because that's uh, kind of standard, I guess. Oop. If if only you could have compared this to an FX 8350 to get the rest of us to upgrade. <laughs> You're right. I could have. I could have. <laughs> uh, hold on. Where's my SLI results? Here we go. So this is SLI. So now we're talking about, um, again, frame rates over 60 versus under 60. This is 25 by 14 SLI. So like a reasonable, like high-end gamer resolution yeah. with high-end gamer graphics cards. And you can see there that the, that the frame time variance is just dramatically It looks like Grand Theft Auto has more CPU-intensive stuff going on regardless of the, it does. the graphics workload. I mean, the average frame rate goes from, like, I don't know, 57 to 80? Yeah. Right? That's a huge and, difference. And if you look at the frame time variance, you know, a 6 millisecond frame time variance at the 90th percentile is high. Honestly, 2 is a little bit higher than I want to see either, but 6 is 3 times worse than that. So um, I was surprised by the difference that... <coughs> excuse me. Was this mostly? Was this mostly kind of proportional to the difference in performance of those two CPUs or does the platform play into it? In the other well? three games it was minimized. Right. It was like eight to thirteen percent. Yeah. In SLI. Yeah. But in the case where it's it like forty two percent in the case where it's huge, like Grand Theft Auto. That's more than the dip performance difference. More than the performance processors. difference. Yeah it is. Uh, which wow. is interesting. So it might be memory bandwidth and stuff like that also thrown in and there's there's other things that are going on for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if you're a high-end PC gamer that has SLI or wants to get SLI... You shouldn't be on a really Sandy old Bridge, motherboard. This is, again, I'm not trying to, like, tell everybody... Like, I'm not working for Intel here. I'm like, you know what? It might be time to start... People ask us every week, should I upgrade my GPU or my CPU? And literally for, like, five it, it years, depends. I have said, oh, always upgrade your, C- your GPU because well, yeah, CPU yeah. is fine. And now I'm kind of going... You know, well, to a point, right? Like if you, yeah. like if you know, I mean, yeah. you don't even have to go. We should have Sky- put a Q sixty six hundred in here or something. Like you don't yeah, even have to. You know what? The, you don't have to absolutely go Skylake, right? Go like ahead, I mean, you know, if you're looking, if you're looking for cost effectiveness or sure, but like the thing is, if you go to Haswell, it's not any less expensive. That's if true. You're coming from Sandy Bridge. That's true. 
Are you still going to buy a new motherboard and processor? You get the memory difference, I guess. But yeah, Josh, go ahead. It, that's the thing that annoyed me about the 920 and Sandy Bridge and Ivy Bridge is their chipsets were not great. I mean, if you looked on the AMD side, they they had SATA six and and a couple other features, but it wasn't until the uh, what Z eighty seven and Z ninety seven that we saw Intel finally putting in some really really good stuff with their chipsets. Uh, yeah. you know, nine is the the nine nine series is fantastic with the amount of stuff that's in there. And so, yeah, I mean, I would be more tempted to just upgrade my motherboard. Yep, you're right. Than a CPU during that time, but now we kind of got the double double. We've got a much better CPU and. We're going to go into a chipset later, right? We we will. We will. Uh, uh, I see what you did. First, right, has to press the button. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm going to press. I'm going to press a button that does literally nothing. Um, but actually, I think I opened this up on the wrong page. Here we go. Uh, we do want to take a break here. We're going to take a break and thank. We do have this podcast sponsor. We apologize for for waiting so long to get to them, but we had to talk about Skylake yeah. before we get to our podcast sponsor. This episode is brought to you by VideoBlocks.com. Once again, if you are in the video production fields at all, if you create content, if you want to create content, if you're trying to create a portfolio of stuff, uh, then you should stop overpaying for stock media that's underwhelming, like Josh. Video blocks. I mean, you should stop. That's what paying. my wife says all the time. I didn't mean you were underwhelming. You know what? You got to face reality now and then. Right. So and here's these how video block people. They'll help you. They will. Uh, they are an affordable subscription-based site that gives you unlimited access to over 100,000 HD video clips, After Effects templates, and motion backgrounds. On average, video blocks subscribers pay less than one dollar per download over the course of a year, and they even offer the same content you would find on more expensive sites. They have time lapses, aerials, U.S. and international locations are included, slow motion, nature shots. They continuously add new content to the library to keep it fresh. So, if you want to green screen yourself and tell everybody that you took photos. You know, outside of nature, you can go get some stock footage and, and use it that way. Uh, everything is 100% royalty-free. It's unrestricted usage rights for personal or commercial projects, and that's important if uh, you're doing this for work stuff. And you get to keep what you download and maintain usage rights forever, which is, uh, which is, which is pretty cool. Last, I know last week or last time they had them on, we talked about um, uh, hardware that was on fire. Video clips. We were just searching for like random know, stuff. Uh, but this week, Ken has, Ken has been looking around for like trying to find like new video opens or new logo reveals or something to try yeah. to experiment with that. And it's you know it's it's H- a process because there's so, there's a lot of stuff you got to look through. Yeah. Um, Wait. Sometimes I've got an idea they have really segment. cool music. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> yes. Josh, yeah. what string together two semi-related words? Yeah. There you go. Are you wanting me to do this live? I want Josh to do this live. Endeavors. No, no, no. One has to be a noun. And also realistic. What am I going to try to find stock footage of for this podcast? Porcupine climbing. Hmm. We'll see what I turn up. Okay, we'll see what we find. It'll be right here. (laughs) (laughs) Or we'll find a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. For our audience members, VideoBlocks is offering a free seven-day trial. It allows you to go in, browse through everything. You can download it, try it. If you go to videoblocks.com slash promo slash PCPer, you sign up for your free trial there. It's videoblocks.com slash promo slash PCPer. We thank VideoBlocks for their support of PC Perspective. And you guys can go there now at that URL, sign up, and see if you can find any climbing porcupines. 
on uh, their stock footage site. And if not, let us know what you found that was a really close second. Like, maybe you could find a man in a porcupine costume climbing away from policemen mm-hmm. as he's you know trying to be arrested. Sure. That would be pretty specific. That's, uh, that's pretty specific, Ryan. Are we well, uh, expecting I've never done anyth- I've never done anything like that. What was it? Uh, they had a blog. Is that what you were going to – I can't bring it up on I, this. It, everyone in the podcast has already seen it. Yeah. But I found it. Oh, On video box. A I climbing porcupine? Nice. I was going to point out that uh, they remade the full house intro with stock footage. And yes, it's surprising how close and accurate it is to... Well, Jesse changed sex a couple of times, but apart from that... I mean, whatever. You, know what you, you, know, you do what you got to do. It seems reasonable to me. Anyway, so thank you very much for, uh, for their support there. You're just glad I didn't uh, say lemon party. <laughs> <laughs> do not look that up on the internet, let alone video blocks, please. That might be safe on video blocks. Maybe. But just not anywhere else. All right. Now we're going to take a we're going we're to transition away from the processor and talk about the chipset. Josh kind of alluded to it here, and I want to I want to focus a little bit on this because I think it's an important topic because processor to processor, you know, performance is minimized generationally. It's it's dramatic, and I think Josh, you're right. If we look at the platform, if you look at what you got with a Z68 motherboard versus mm-hmm. what you get with a Z170 motherboard, not only are the uh, the, the features you get, but the technological changes in, in, that, that facilitate that are, are pretty impressive as well. Um, if we, for example, let's see, we looked at the Z170 Deluxe from Asus. Uh, oops, wrong story here. Let me go over to the other one. And... It is a, a, a fantastic example. It's Asus's highest end motherboard, and the what they're able to do was facilitated by the change of Z170 chipset. So if we look at this block diagram here, what's important to note is the Intel Z170 chipset. The biggest change here is this: up to 20 lanes of PCI Express 3.0. Out As of compared the to like the four lanes of PCI Express. 2.0. Well, it, no, that's 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 there's I think it was 12 lanes of PCI2. So you're talking about DMI. So the DMI 3.0 is four lanes of PCI Express 3.0. Yep. I think I was probably talking about earlier chipsets. So I Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, okay. No, that's fine. There were too. earlier ones that only had four lanes coming yep. out. But, yeah. But I mean, even as recent as Z97, that DMI2 bus uh-huh. was four lanes of PCI2. Yep. Right? So you were limited 2 gigabytes per second of bandwidth. Yep. Uh, now we're up to four gigabytes of second between the processor and the chipset. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, except that you got to remember that Intel just released the SSD 750 series mm-hmm. of NVMe product that is capable of what in terms of read speeds? Uh, that goes higher than two gig per second. Higher than two gig per second. Yeah. So what that, you, that alone could saturate you know right. the old version of so DMI. So if you plugged your Intel 750 SSD into the third slot of a Z97 motherboard, yeah. you were actually limited. Not by the product, not by the SSD or mm-hmm. the CPU. You were limited by that interface between the chipset. Mm-hmm. If you plugged it into a uh, PCI Express slot, you know, like the primary or secondary that we use for a graphics card, you would get full speed out of it. Yep. Right? So you don't have that problem with the Z170 chipset anymore. It, it's able to take advantage of the full bandwidth, you know, oh, if, of, if that's the only thing that's them. going. Of one yeah. of them. Right, right, right. So and then you could have two of them. You could, as it turns out. It, well, yeah, but more better than that. 
don't know if you want to jump the gun. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you could raid two of them. Right, so this chipset now supports raiding of PCI Express SSDs. Yes. Which is... Tricky. Tricky. It's also... It's it's tricky, like, setup-wise. It's also complicated to think about because... Yeah. So, internally, the Z170 chipset has 20 lanes of PCI Express 3.0 that then the motherboard manufacturer gets to decide what to do with. They mm-hmm. can connect those 20 lanes to all kinds of things. If you look at um, the Asus motherboard, for example, here you can see a prime example of one of the things they were able to do with access to more PCI Express lanes. All of these kind of teal... Uh, USB ports, as well as this Type-C, are USB 3.1. Yep. So Asus was able to include three as-media USB 3.1 controllers. And each one is a pair of PCIe 3.0 right. lanes on its own. Right. Right. So, and you can use those and, and have full bandwidth back to the chipset uh-huh. with it. Um, on the Z97 board that had it, the, or no, it was X99 board. Just had one. Just had one. But I, that has plenty of PCI Express lanes. That was different reasonings yep. for that. Uh, this board also has 802.11 AC wireless 3x3. Mm-hmm. It has an M.2 slot on it. Which it could comes, be four lanes. Could be four lanes. It has yep. an M.2 adapter card like that plugs into the PCI Express slot that you can put an M.2 SSD onto. Oh, yeah. So that would go in like PCIe slot. Three, three, or two, or you yeah. know, if and you then want you can to. put an M. Two car like device on that. They added support for they have SAT Express on there. They have yep. U. Two, which is the the adapter to M. That M.2. weird connector that the the seven fifty two and a half inch drive yep. two and a half inch SSD used. Um, and you know, four uh, uh, front USB three point That's actually facilitated by the chipset directly, but lots of USB three point one capability there yeah. as well there's as just, other storage there's options. just lots of stuff a lot and a yeah. lot of that is hanging off of the chipset right yeah um and so it's important to note that like the 20 lanes of pci express that the chipset offers mm-hmm. you can't use all of them at the same time and expect to get maximum performance out of them right uh well it's it's 20 lanes but aren't four of those lanes the communication to over DMI? yes yes right so you already lost four just well, yeah 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 true to go out right or to, to so know. i mean you're only ever going to be able to get four gigabytes per second total, total yeah. to the processor and chipset and back yeah so if you run if you've got usb 3.1 devices hooked up and you like i'm going to hook up six of them and i'm going to make them all run full speed you, they're not going to go you're probably full not going to be able to do that and then yep. you're like you know what i'm going to put it at pci uh, Express by four SSD in this M.2 slot, uh-huh. and I'm also going to run that benchmark at the same time. Like, you're not going <laughs> to get full speed out of all of that. Yeah. But that's not really the point. Maybe eventually that will be the point. You know, something on X99, you could, you could get closer to that. But the idea is that you can have all these things attached, and you can use them when you need to use them without having to worry about, um, or not worry about as much, I guess I should say, as, well, I connected this, so now these things are disabled, and I now mean, this is this disabled. I mean, you are you are sharing bandwidth, but it's all, it's a decent amount of bandwidth, you know, in total. It is. So, I mean, so, so back to the PCI Express SSD RAID capability. Yeah. If you have a by 4 PCI Express SSD, mm-hmm. you can install one. In a in a chipset based PCI Express slot, and you'll be able to get full bandwidth back to the processor. Yes. If you install a second one, you will get some benefit to that. Some additional benefit, like 20 percent. It depends on how fast that SSD was. Okay, fair enough. Right. But you're not going to be able to suddenly break through the four uh, the by four PCI Express limits. Right. If you connect both of them, you know, underneath the chipset. 
right? Because you could, if yeah. you only had one graphics card, or even if you were using onboard, mm-hmm. like you could all you could put PCIe SSDs on the other two. You could the you primary know, the, slots, the primary slots that connect straight to the CPU. Yeah. Now you're not going through a chipset. You're avoiding all that stuff. So that that option is still there. Yep. It just it limits you on how many GPUs you could have, right? So if you're willing to make that trade off, but there's a reason now that you might not want to do that, and you might actually want to hang them off of, you know, the the chipset. The chipset, right? Is that Intel has adapted their rapid storage technology, which used to be just the way you did SATA raids. Now you can do PCIe raids, and you can do them for AHCI type, which is the typical, like the old school PCIe mm-hmm. SSDs, and it also works with NVMe. And apparently you can combine those two. Like you, you can, can do mix AHCI with NVMe. Yeah. Um, it, the ASUS implementation of it, I haven't seen MSI or Gigabyte boards yet, but the ASUS implementation, you actually set up the RAID in the BIOS. Yes. Which is really cool, actually. I, I don't and, there's, and there's a lot of other tricks. We actually, I actually He's writing wrote, something on it. I actually wrote a piece already that right, explained true. the way that we could not get it working. <laughs> we almost got there. But we couldn't get it working, and we figured out today this really obscure thing that you wouldn't think you'd have to flip that particular switch to make this particular thing work. But we figured it out, and we got it working today. Yep. And uh, and we can actually confirm pretty much what's on that slide uh, so, that Asus gave us. Yeah, this is a, this is Asus information. They combined two PCI Express uh, NVMe Intel 750 products. Yep. The one of the PCIe plug-in cards. And one of the two and a half inch U.2 yep. adapters connected through M.2 on there, yeah, right through the hyper kit. Yep. All kinds of cool terms here that most people don't understand. Uh, and the read speed went from 2.7 gig to 3.5 gig per second. Yep, and it didn't double because the 3.5 is you're hitting DMI, the four gigabyte per yeah, second yeah. kind of yeah, with yeah. overhead limit. You have to take away a little bit for overhead. Yeah. It's like 15 percent or so, or 10 percent or so. But what did double was write speed. Uh, the write speed did double because the write speed of just under, a single one yeah. was less than half of the D- total DMI. So yeah. you got a doubling of your throughput. Now, let's be honest. How many people are going to be rating PCI Express SSDs? So not a lot. <laughs> here's what's funny. I've, I think I've had about as many people email me asking about rating SSD 750s really? as I have had talk to me the whole time before that about SATA raids. Like Weird. for some reason, that coming out, it made everybody go bonkers for for like wanting to raid PCIe stuff. Maybe it was just because you couldn't do it, and they really wanted to be able to do it, and that made the mask. Sure, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so once you flip a bunch of switches, and Ryan's got some some uh, showing some screenshots of the process. Uh, you can do all of it within the BIOS now. You don't have to go hit like Control on the Asus for, boards. I don't know if that's going to be the case on other platforms. Uh, Probably. Unless I, th- do I, think, I think it's going to be the same kind of a case because what I noticed is you don't even get the Control-I thing oh, anymore. Okay. Um, it's like only if you're doing SATA, like SATA devices only and not trying to connect PCIe devices through that same kind of a method. Sure. Then you get the old school Control-I to set up a RAID like during, well, during your boot process and stuff. Um, yeah, so this... Now it's shifted into the UEFI part of the BIOS, which is, again, it's convenience mount. You have, you have a mouse. You can navigate stuff like modern BIOS stuff. Um, or you don't have to do it there. Uh, if you want this RAID to be like a secondary, you know, you want your, for some reason... You want you to boot two, off of a SATA drive. For some reason, you have two fire-breathing SSD 750s, <laughs> but you want to boot off of a SATA disk. Uh, you could go in 
the other way, which is just with the rapid storage technology driver, once you install it and you get the GUI right. in Windows and you can normally set up like secondary RAIDs if you wanted to, there's a little switch in there now that just you can also select PCIe and it shows you your PCI devices. Right. Provided you've set the BIOS to link Correctly. those two ports to, yeah. to RST. Yeah. Um, and then you can create and remove RAIDs and, you know, do all that stuff just the way you could before, it, except replace SATA devices with PCI devices. Mm. It really is that simple. Um, once you know what switches to flip. It's to that simple. It once you know how to, it, what yeah. all knobs yeah. to turn. I, I, think, I think the documentation and the implementation needs a little bit more polishing. Yeah, I gave some feedback um, to ASUS on it. It's like, look, you, you just need to make this, like, easier. Yeah. Yeah, because like if we can't get it we to work, we can figure it out after like several hours, right, of right. head banging on and, not 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 to cool music, but to like on the table. But then in the end, it was like, oh yeah, the one thing over here. Of course you have to, yeah. of course you have to turn this to this yeah. mode. Once yeah. you understand all the architecture, and that's how you would know you need to do that. So, but again, that goes back to Intel not talking about the architecture yet. Right. So we didn't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I mean, so the, it was the, it was impressive. Uh, I could talk a little bit to the performance stuff. Uh, they we'll, were showing... We'll save... I mean, you're writing up a piece on it now, right? With, yeah. With, with updated info. But, but just the, the, the quick thing is, like, they only showed throughput yep. on that. I can say that, like, if you're going for, like, 4K IOPS and stuff, like, SATA raids used to scale basically everything would scale. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the random performance would double if you want, if you added a second SATA SSD, right? Everything would kind of scale. Now you're talking NVMe devices that are really dang fast in the first place at random I.O. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I noticed was that even if you add a second SST 750, if you're doing 4K random, it's about the same performance. Hmm. It's like the chipset can only handle, you know, throwing so many I.O.s around. You're, sure. probably, you're probably pegging something somewhere, hmm. you know, within <laughs> the controller. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. so you do get, you know, you do get an increase in, like, the sequentials, like they showed. Right. But that's the best case example right. of it, you know. Right. I will say you can back your data up really freaking fast with that thing. You just need somewhere else to put it at three and a half gig per second. Perfect. Yeah. So if you want to emulate that scene in the movie where it's, I'm waiting for the encryption to happen, and we've got ten more seconds before it goes through. Yeah. You might actually pull it off on this thing. Yeah, you might. Uh, so... The, I mean, long story short, not so short, is that I really do think that the chipset and some of the motherboards that I've already seen yeah. really are as much of a reason to upgrade the platform as the processor. The USB 3.1, you'll start to see some Thunderbolt, uh, Thunderbolt 3-based boards out there. Yeah. Um, the Asus ROG boards look really good if you want to see some really tricked out features and technologies that are integrated into them. I also noticed uh, no silly, like boot issues with plugging in like a USB key into USB 3.1 ports. Like I could do a Windows install right off of the USB right. 3.1 ports. Yeah. Um, you know, just stuff like that. Just like things that have iterated yeah. a lot and people have gone through a lot of pain in previous generation motherboards yeah. and now you now you don't have that pain. Right? So it's just kind of So works. that's C170. Uh, we'll have motherboard reviews based on that very shortly. Speaking of which, real quick, a preview of the Z170A. I'm not going to go over this. This is something Maury wrote up for us. This is the board he got in for early testing. He's out. Uh, but this is very similar to what the Z70, Z170 Deluxe, uh, missing a, you know, a handful of features, obviously, uh, because it's significantly lower price. But if you want to see kind of what his overview of the UEFI is with a feature set of, uh, of the board in general. How about that BIOS battery? How about that BIOS battery? Notice they removed that. Uh, want it to be? I noticed they removed that three x three AC uh, 
oh, Wi-Fi because that was probably a little bit pricey. <laughs> it's like this board only has two USB 3.1 ports, but it does have VGA. You know, okay. It's got VGA. So uh, check that out if, you, if you're looking for motherboards. We'll, we'll have more on to talk about those when we get into um, more actual Z170 motherboard reviews. I, I like that whole theme with the white. Yeah, Accents I think I think most people have already said they like that better than the gold that they did with the Z ninety seven. It, it was worth a shot to do the gold, but you know. So it reminds yeah. me of that THX eleven thirty eight, or whatever that movie was by. Yep. Lucas. No, you had that right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we have on the rundown here talk about the Z one seventy RST updates. I think we've already discussed this. Pretty much. Uh, the new RAID array options and everything. So check yep. out that story. Uh, it is titled Intel Skylake Z one seventy Rapid Storage Technology Tested PCIe and SATA RAID. But keep in mind that it is outdated information that we could not get it to work. I'm probably going to be making correction to that. Yes, we do have it working, and so we'll probably just update it, move the story back to the top yep. uh, tomorrow sometime, and uh, maybe we'll we'll briefly mention it. Briefly mention it next week. <sighs> Okay. All right. So that was a lot of uh, Skylake. We should have just done Skylake today. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> um, this has been a while. I, did we, we didn't talk about this last week. I'm going to ask you real quick. We did not. Logitech G29. We did not. It's a, talk. it's a racing wheel. It is a racing wheel. Would you drive a uh, driving game with it? I did. Would you? Would you oh. drive a car with Logitech G29 instead of a steering wheel? Uh, ooh, that's a ooh, that's a bad question. What if it had all those buttons and stuff on it? Uh, they were I, all radio presets. I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> I want to listen to this station now, and then this station. Um, so all I uh, can see is 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 Alan going bring ding 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 ding. So we have not way. reviewed any racing wheels until now. Until now, yeah. You had this just ancient. First generation. It's not even made its way to the garbage. It's yet. still there. We, yeah, we, we, we need to throw it away. Uh, it was a genius or something. Just really Sounds smart. It was just a really crappy old racing wheel. Anyway, uh, so proper, you know, racing wheel. Proper force feedback. The game is actually feeding back directly to the force feedback of the wheel, telling it how much torque it's, yeah. you know, simulating what the tires are doing with the road interaction, all that stuff. Like. All that stuff is great to just read about, but until you sit down at a system and actually have the wheel at your desk and actually use it, mm-hmm. you, you can't appreciate any of it. Because it's I just agree. it's yeah. it's a completely different thing, right? Than than what you might think it is. Um, so yeah, I mean it's a uh, it's good. It definitely takes some getting used to. Uh, it's it's like it's really close to how you what how you feel the experience is in a car, but like you still have to get used to it to be effective. Like, you can't just sit down like a professional racing driver just sitting down with one of these isn't necessarily going to just get the same lap time that he did. Well, sure, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of a difference there. You still have to get used to. Um, but, so moving on to, like, features and stuff like that. Uh, we looked at the PS3 slash PS4 version, uh, which is going to be the same cost as the Xbox version. Three three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Yep. If you're buying this only for PC use, I recommend you get the PS, the PlayStation version because you get more buttons for free, basically. And you get the LED shift. And you get the LED uh, tack. Um, the tack on yep. the top, which is not on the Xbox version. Correct. Um, f- for weird reasons unknown, but that's just the way they decided to do it. Um, everything else is the same. Um, you know, the wheel itself. Is identical. The base is identical between the two. Um, you know the, the pedals that come with it, 
same kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've used previous versions of this wheel, you'll recognize that like the pedal pedal set kind of looks familiar because I think it's actually the same, if not extremely similar to hmm. uh, the G27. Well, uh, pedal at least set. on the brake, there is a difference. It, uh, is it not- G29 is, is better in that it's less linear, it's yeah. more progressive, and you don't get the big loud click that oh. the G27 had. I didn't know so there was a click. They, they've improved that. Yeah, there's definitely not any kind of clicking in any of these pedals on this one. Um, everything is like you know reasonably well built. It's real beefy. Feels like you can really kind of throw the thing around, and you're not going to break it. That kind of a thing. So good for you know an interface that you're like pedals that you're going to be mashing and stuff like that, right? Um, it's got some wicked ass teeth. Yeah, yeah. So like the the bottom carpet. of the pedals has like this retractable cheese grater. Uh, looks like a cheese grater. Yeah, to to <laughs> to shred your carpet and and anger your mom. Um, no, in reality, it just kind of like grabs another carpet so that as you're hitting the pedals, the the thing doesn't slide it's back. Once you put it on the carpet, that you put your feet on it and you push it back and forth as hard as you can. You don't, see if you can it, tear it. Up. You don't have to. That's at all. aerating like the just, carpet. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. true. Um, so uh, you know, I mean, it was. It was fun to use. It, I, I, know, I do not, have one question. Go ahead, Josh. Um, there have been complaints about some of these Logi wheels that there's a dead zone. Logi if you wheels. keep it Ugh. directly vertical yeah. and you're going across bumps or whatever, the force feedback won't go through. It isn't until you do a couple of degrees one way or the other that you actually get the All right, so force feedback. I read about that with G27. And I saw in somewhere there was some kind of a response from Logitech support that said, you know, this is a requirement of the dual force feedback motors that they just, it's a side effect of the technology. Um, But then here's what I did to test the G29 to see if it did it. And I wasn't sure if this was the perfect test or not, but I was just sitting on the track still in uh, Project Cars, and I would just very steadily turn the wheel through center and see if the force feedback remained at the same amount or if it backed off at all, right? Because you just have friction from the tires that's being simulated, so it's resisting you trying mm-hmm. to turn the wheel, right? Um, and it was the exact same as I went through center. Like, it was no different at center or not. And I didn't notice any change in the force feedback just driving if I would just happen to be going down a straight. If, you know, if there was something going on where it would have given me Doesn't some force feedback. Doesn't necessarily mean, I guess, that it's not there. That just that you didn't notice it if it were. Well, I mean, it, it I didn't notice any change, right? <clears throat> I, I was still yeah. getting force feedback effects even if the wheel was dead straight versus any other thing than dead straight. So <laughs> I didn't notice that. Um, and I think, I think I, from what I read of people that experienced that on G27, I think I would have <laughs> noticed it if it happened. <laughs> Oh yeah, I just, I just clicked the porcupine link, <laughs> and there's it's, a, it's climbing. There's a porcupine climbing a hill. It's climbing a hill. That's unbelievable. And it's right here. And it's right here again. Now I just have to remember to do that twice. Yeah. I, I bet zero times he puts it in. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think, guys? So, uh, yeah, so I don't, um, I don't want to spend a whole lot more time on this because. It's, it's there are, been out there there are some while. differences, like just to quickly go through people people were commenting on. All right, let's do that generally. Quickly. A lot it's of people late. were saying, hey, but I like this other wheel, or I like this other wheel, sure. right? Or this Everybody's other wheel is better like because whatever, right? And we did some pros and cons at the end of our article, just from now, of course, we don't have the other wheels in-house, so we couldn't compare them directly. Sure. But just looking at specs, right, uh, there's like Thrustmaster wheels that you can get a wheel for about the same price mm-hmm. that's 
seems like the wheel unit itself is probably better because it's belt drive and it's not as notchy and that kind of thing. But the pedals are kind of cheesier that come with it. They're not as nice as these pedals okay. and doesn't come with the shifter, although this one doesn't come with the shifter either. Sure. Right? But Logitech shifter is like 60 bucks. Thrustmasters is like 150 Right, so you end up with differences, and yeah. like yeah. you, you have to sit down and look at what all things do I want total, and yeah. then how much do all those things? I mean, cost. realistically, we need to get the other ones in and, and compare it if we want to do that. Yeah. But um, so there is that. Or anything. Some of the G twenty seven people are griping because hey, that unit was cheaper, and also had a shifter. Yeah. So that's it's like fair. they, it's like mean, they it's took away criticism. they took away parts and they increased the price and it, it wouldn't be such a bad thing if it didn't look so much the same. Like there's differences on the inside, but you, yeah. you know that's hard to explain and it is. Know, make it like convincing. I would right? encourage you guys to to, to read the uh, review that Alan wrote. Watch the video that we recorded from it. <laughs> Uh, because I don't want to talk about it anymore on this podcast because we have – I'm looking at the rundown on the thing and we haven't even got – I can see the bottom. We got more stuff. We got more stuff to get to. Okay, let's go. Which is why, much to Sebastian's chagrin, I'm going to say, hey, uh, the Antec Signature Series S10 case, really pretty. Shouldn't be A very nice case. Shouldn't be $500. It's expensive, but you know what? You should just show the footage of the porcupine climbing the hill oh. to take away <laughs> from the price. I do like this picture of it. So it's a full tower case that has like this cool kind of like the the front opens one way and the back doors open the other way. And uh, it's like like suicide doors. It is, yes. Yeah. Uh, But it like I like that look. It is a very impressive looking case. Yeah. I would be afraid to even look at it wrong because I would mark up the finish of it. So you don't want the version with tempered glass on the sides that they sell? Uh, oh, that would be even worse. But it looks awesome. I, bet it looks but I mean, come on, it's a great awesome. deal. It's only three hundred bucks now. Well, wait, it's tempered glass. It, is not plexi. It's tempered, tempered glass. Oh, okay, tempered. so that's that's yeah. harder to beat up than like. It looks. So, awesome. so Jeremy, you brought up a point. Like, so to a point, we we uh, when well, we did one this of the review, first feedback we got bucks. was cost more than my first car, right. which is pretty damning when you look at it. It's also damning about accurate. this first car. If you buy this, you better keep it for a long time. Put it that yeah. way. So they dropped by 150 bucks down to 350 and then they tossed in a $50 rebate on top of it. So now you're at 300 bucks which I we've seen I think car inspired cases at a similar price before. Oh wait, so that did happen? It did yes. happen like 2 days ago. Oh. Um it was funny because when he had written this review before it published, yeah. there was like a $50 rebate or a $100 rebate and it came with a power supply. Okay. And I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe update the conclusion it, it to say out. it's five to nine. But if you look at this stuff, maybe it's worth it. By the time we publish it, that deal went away. And then the next day, I think it was the next day or two days later, yeah. they reinstituted another one that Jeremy's just talking about where they just basically lowered the price and added a rebate. Sweet. So, I mean, I, 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 they wanted to charge $500 for it. Clearly, they understood that they could not charge $500 for it. And at $300, what you say, Jeremy, $350 or $300? Three fifty and a fifty dollar mail in, so yeah. three hundred. So now two ninety nine, you're much more in line with the Corsair nine hundred D, the premium case, the Cosmos oh, that old 2. level ten that came out. Yeah, right. That's and true. In this case, if you go go read Sebastian's review and watch our video of it, because he liked a lot about this case. Yeah. But at the end of it, it came down to you probably shouldn't pay five hundred dollars for this because it's not worth two hundred dollars more than all the other cases yeah. that are that are out there, the high end premium premium offerings. 
I mean, even Unless before it comes with even a free system inside, even not even <laughs> like like not even on camera, right? He came in, he brought the case in, and he's like, "Hey, look at this! Look at this!" Like he just excited naturally. It was, just, it was a nice looking piece of hardware. Yeah, it really was. And we didn't even get the part with the glass on it. That's and if true. you look at the let's see, who was it? Hardware Canucks did a video of the one with the glass. Mm-hmm. A great video. A great video. Yeah, they did awesome. They do awesome work most of the time, and and that video was great as well. But the the the, the glass one looks awesome. So, Sweet. Um, I think it's worth revisiting that product, mm-hmm. noting knowing the price changes, um, and uh, kind of. And if they just to toss a fan controller in there, they'd probably be golden. Because yeah. they did kind of leave that out. That's true. They just they they have a fan out header, but it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Kind see, of- Sebastian writes a day after a review is published, the price of enclosure dropped by a whopping one hundred and fifty dollars to three forty nine on Newegg, and on top of this, there's a fifty dollar rebate from Antec. This changes the story quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So. There you go. Uh, but you can go go check out the full review, and then we'll see what the price is after you read it, <laughs> I guess, because it seems to change quite frequently. Uh, Holy crap, Ken wrote a review. Ken posted a review. Hey, he did like a couple of weeks ago, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's got awesome, the, it's got yeah, awesome pictures. Last week, was it? No, I think it was the week before last. Hmm. Oh. The Acer. Ruined my streak. I know the Lenovo LeVZ and LeVZ 360. Uh, for Look those at that boca. for the uninitiated, this is the one of the things that we came away from last CES this past January most impressed by. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it was like a, Lenovo took you in this back room and they said, "Hey, we want you to try out our. We want you to see our new product. It's a prototype. Take a look." And they hand you this laptop closed, and, and you take it in your hand. And you're like, "Well, cool." They gave me this empty shell. Yeah. Yep. Right, that doesn't have any insides in it. That's exactly and what we thought. Well, and then we we were neat just design. I guess we were just instinctively, instinctively shifting our thoughts over to okay, we'll just look at the outside of it to see because obviously this is just a mock-up or something. Yeah, and they got really they just... mad when I grabbed it and I torqued it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this isn't carbon fiber. Well, and it didn't break when you did that. Um, uh, yeah. It's magnesium. Yeah, so it looked just like this, you know, and felt like this extremely lightweight. This couldn't possibly be a f- laptop. My comparison is right? like when you go to the furniture store and they have the fake cardboard laptop sitting on the table. And you yeah, pick yeah. It up and go, ha, ha, ha. You go to yeah. IKEA uh, and you're like, how funny this. You push the cardboard TV over, right. and yeah, this the laptop. Same exact thing, yeah. except we opened it and then it came out of standby. Yeah, it came out of standby, and all of us were just like, "Holy yeah. crap!" Like, so, can give us the, uh, a quick rundown of? You want me to do this? All right. So, I mean, <laughs> hardware-wise, it is a Broadwell-based system, right? It's got a what processor in, is in this? This in is the i7 5500. Oh, this one has the i7 in yeah. it. Yeah, it's so light. Both of s- them. Yes. Because we so- had there's two versions of it, I should say. Well, sort of. There is uh, one version that is kind of like yoga-ish, and then it can fold back on itself. Yeah, it's very much like and yoga. And then, um, but there's like tent mode doesn't work on it, and they don't call it a yoga. They don't call it a yoga. Oh, okay. And then there's like the normal laptop style where if you try to bend the screen all the way back, you will snap it off. Don't do Don't that. Don't do that. It does uh, fold 180, though. It folds completely flat. Yeah, it goes flat. completely flat. I will say having both in the office at the same time was trouble. Very confusing. Because I would pick one up thinking it was the, the, Start to the go, yoga-ish and then... one, and i go, oh, I'm just going to flip it. And i go, whoa, that was – Yeah. They'll stop myself before I break <laughs> that machine. Okay. Uh, Weight-wise, technically, we're looking at 1.87 pounds for a 13.3-inch notebook. That's the standard one, and 2.04 for the uh, Levizi 360. And our scale was definitely not um, good enough to even. Yeah, I mean, clearly, our, our my 
It's my, my postal scale. Yeah. <laughs> and how does that compare to the Dell that you got? Um, this Dell it was like two point. I think it's about a pound more. Yeah, I think yeah, this, think right. this one it's was like, like two point eight. Pretty much everything else that's supposed to be a small and light laptop is about a pound more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just they just lost a pound. Right, on, on, you know, compared Somewhere. to everything, it's an, much. it's an interesting laptop it, for a lot of reasons, right? So it's got a Broadwell i7 part in it. Uh, Hardware-wise, it's very similar to a lot of other Ultra books that are out there in terms yep. of like performance and characteristics. But it's also very odd for a Lenovo machine because it has a very different keyboard that doesn't exist on any other, any other Lenovo. Right. And if you remember that this uh, materials partnership was between Lenovo and NEC. So now you look at maybe NEC laptops, you go, oh, this looks a lot more like an NEC machine than it does a Lenovo machine. Yeah. And you can buy this laptop in Japan with an NEC logo instead of a Lenovo logo. There you go. You start to see that, okay, this was this was like the first generation of their partnership. They wanted to make one unit. NEC sold it over there. Lenovo sold it over here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we actually learned when Ken went over to China for the Lenovo, uh, what was the event, the World Lenovo Tech World Tech World event that they're they're planning more based on this tech that will probably have more of their own ID in it. So, um, twenty let's see, thirteen point three twenty five by fourteen IGZO panels, high quality screens. IGZO is interesting for a laptop. It's kind of the first laptop we've ever yeah. seen mm. with an IGZO panel. They Didn't get that. very bright. No, the Which backlight. Backlight backlight was a little yeah. low. Yeah, topping out one hundred and sixty lux. Uh, but they went with Exo for power savings because this has a relatively small battery. Yes. Batteries weigh a lot. In order to keep the weight down, they went with a smaller battery. Do you remember how big the battery was? Forty-four point four watt hours. Forty-four point four. I think this one has fifty. My my fifty-two Dell I has think. fifty-two watt hours, yeah. so it gives you an idea there. I mean, battery life. What? Where was it at? Was it um, still surprisingly light for a battery of that size? To be. It is there. in general. Yeah. Battery life here four point two hours. Compared to, like, uh, let's see, my Dell XPS got almost eight. Well, yeah. Right. So there's a big difference here, right? So the, the Core i7 processor, which is the same one that, um, well, it's not the same one, but the Acer and the MSI system here use, it just they just draw more power. Yeah. Uh, it's the same TDP as the part in your Dell XPS 13. Yeah, but that's quad-core hyper-threaded, right? No. It's an ultra book part. It's a dual oh, core. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. It's a dual core hyper. It's just part. it's just like a 300 megahertz clock bump over the uh, okay. processor in the i5 and the XPS 13. It's just odd, right? Because I mean, the performance is where you want it to be. It's a good performing ultra book. It's mm-hmm. very similar to everything else. So, it's actually a little bit faster because of that yeah. clock speed it's, bump. It's it's a they sell one configuration. Yeah. It's not customizable. It's an i7 5500U, which is the top end processor for ultra books. It's a 256 gig M.2 SAT SSD, okay. 8 gigs of RAM, yeah. that's it. Yep. You can that's get your it option. You can get it with either a non-touchscreen or a touchscreen. That is it. There are okay. two models you can buy. And uh, the non-touchscreen is $1,399 in price, and the 360 with touchscreen is $1,599. The Dell XPS 13 with touchscreen and similar configuration is $1,599. So its its price point is right where it's supposed to be. Yep. Um, but it's much lighter. It is lighter. Its battery life is lower. Yes. Actually, that's interesting because the Dell XPS 13 Touch has significantly lower battery life than mine does because I have the 1080p non-touch screen. Mm-hmm. So that would be something interesting to keep in mind because we didn't 
I remember I think it was like a three or four hour battery life difference in the two Dell XPS 13s. I think I think and the because Dell, and because the LeVZ has it's the same twenty five by fourteen yeah. screen. Yeah. I think the Dell would still win out, but not by as much. Not nearly by as much. Right. Yeah. I mean, what was your kind of takeaway from this, Ken? Right. I mean, it's it's stylistically very unique. It's yeah. it, it's so cool. Like. Even like, did I, you hand it to people and kind of? I, say, hand like, it, I handed it to like just about everyone that came to my house or I met when I had the laptop in my bag. I was yeah. like, here, hand, here, take this, and they'd grab it and be like, oh wow, this is like everybody had a similar incredible. reaction. Yeah. It's not, I, I feel like yeah. when we tell the story that it feels like that we were just overreacting and we're just gullible no, idiots. It, it's it's like there's this threshold of just weight Maybe, but that, that you're you, you don't need to know anything the about uncanny computer value. It exactly. kind of is. I can't believe it's real. It's like the uncanny weight of a laptop value. You don't need to know anything about the hardware in it. If someone hands you this laptop and it's running and you pick it up, yeah. it it feels fake. Yeah, yeah, which is a compliment. Yeah, it right? is. Um, I really wanted to like this laptop. It had it had a couple of issues. Like the battery life was one issue. Yep. The battery life you can get around. The, I mean. the material dent dented a couple of times. If you look at this picture. Oh really? Yeah. Like this is just from carrying it in my bag. Yeah. For okay. Well, it is very. It was very thin metal. Weren't you? Yeah. When when <laughs> when he when Ken took the back plate off of it and like handed it to me, I could take it in my fingers <laughs> and I could like wobble it like you would um, like a, a th- thin piece of aluminum like and a, make like that. Like a piece wobble, of cardboard. Wobble, 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 oh. wobble, it felt like a piece of paper. Oh, yeah. It did feel like a piece of paper. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it, it's it, impressive material. It's so thin that it causes these other issues. Yep. The, right? the, the backlight isn't bright enough. Yeah. That's true. If like this even, is maximum brightness for this picture. Even right? if you want to remotely try to use it in a bright situation, it's not really going to work for you. Mm. The exo panels has a bit of a blue shift. Yeah. But if you're not trying to do color accurate work, I mean, you, you can, can get cal- used to you it. You can calibrate that out. If the you... keyboard layout is weird. You can get used to it. Oh it's, yeah, that's true. It had like a it has like an a front ISO space. Layout. Didn't it have a front uh, space instead button? Of, uh, instead of backspace, it was forward space. Well, it yeah. has both. It has both. Well, well, yeah, it has both. And they occupy right next to each other. Yeah. Like, what yeah. is this? It's very much like a Japanese-style keyboard layout, it, it, It's I think. the rest of the world-style keyboard layout. It is. It's the ISO standard. Oh, really? As opposed I mean, to the ANSI guys. standard we use here. Like the delete key and insert keys are down here? The, yeah. the L-shaped enter, yeah. enter key. Jeremy, you don't have that, do you? Hell no. I despise okay. those things because they put the <laughs> slash in the wrong spot. Yeah, I always ke- I kept hitting the – when I tried it out, I kept hitting the wrong buttons constantly. I would, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the the first revision of this tech. Yeah. Lenovo puts their keyboard on it. They kind of mm-hmm. do their own little bits and pieces on it. Maybe they, they figure out how to make the, the it a little bit stronger. Like what if they took this? Adding too much what if they took this stuff and kind of tried to pour it into or pour it over uh, to a ThinkPad and just make like a knock a pound off of a ThinkPad and yeah. keep it just keep yeah exactly it as durable, I mean, that's what I'm right? talking about right like yeah. make it super light but but the thing is what they had to be careful was the ThinkPad brand kind of implies this durability right right and so any issues with denting and stuff like that yeah that, that needs would, to be addressed that would be okay. someone much in the comments like ThinkPads with the magnesium. They do the same thing. Are anodized. Yeah. Whereas oh, this is not. Okay. This was definitely not anodized. So that's probably part of the reason it was so soft. They probably don't quite have the anodization for lithium magnesium down yet. Untoward in the chat can. wants to know how flammable it is since it's made out of magnesium. And lithium. Well, when you anneal it, it keeps catching on fire. So, you know. Yeah. Just shave a bit off and light it on fire. We yeah. Didn't, we didn't have any more, um, you know. Fire? What's that stuff that you... Uh, Thermite. thermite. We'd, yeah. we'd have thermite to get the Use fire going. Use the Live Easy to light your thermite. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Um, so, I mean, check out that review. I, I think it's really interesting. If it's something that 
that you that you think you might want, you know, go check out the review. And, and, and like I said, if you watch in the coming weeks, you may see prices adjust and everything as well. But I'm much more interested in kind of what they do next. With I, this I wanted to love it. Ken wanted to love it. I wanted to love it too, but Ken is the one who spent all the time with them. Um, so but is go. there enough lube in the world to love it as thoroughly as you could? Yes. Probably. Okay. Have you seen the 55-gallon? Have you seen the 55-gallon drum on Amazon? <laughs> Amazon? Yeah. Has he? He owns four. <laughs> he subscribes and saves. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's got one coming every he month. He Amazon moms that stuff. <laughs> Wait, what? No, that's on Amazon mom. Don't lie. <sighs> it's fine. Uh, let's get to the rest of the stuff quicker. Uh, NVIDIA rumor replacing Maxwell GTX 750 Ti. Jeremy, do you know anything about this? Uh, I think we're going to be seeing three quarters of a GM uh, 206. It kind of sounds like what they usually do. They disable about a, a quarter of the GPU, put it out for a little bit lower price. And I, it, I think it makes monetary sense for them because what it's going to be replacing isn't all that popular. I mean, that's the, what, 750 Ti, which, you know, maybe got off on a wrong foot, and a lot of people haven't been picking it up. So why not pick up a 950 Ti? You'll get probably, I mean, from what you guess, about most of the speed of a 960, just about three-quarters of the shader units, and a a much better price. And, of course, it gives NVIDIA the chance to rebrand that good old 750 Ti as something else for a little bit cheaper. I think it makes sense. We don't know for sure, of course, but honestly, I positioning-wise, price-wise, I think it makes sense for them to do this and to do it probably in the near future. I mean, this is really going to be a, a, a... I don't know how big of a vision it'll be, right? Because it's Maxwell 2 instead of the original Maxwell, right? You'll get HDMI 2 out of it, which will be helpful for yeah. home theater PCs. True. Uh, I don't know any... Honestly, I honestly don't know anything about this yet, so I, I'm not under any kind of NDA. Um, but the idea of it needing an 8-pin power connector is odd to me. It's a bit disappointing to see. Yeah, considering that the biggest push for the 750 Ti was, hey, you can put this in all these yeah. crappy systems that don't have Maybe they learn people... What happens if really you only connect that? the 6-pin to an 8-pin? Well, the 750 Ti didn't require any. Most of them didn't require That's any true. power. Yeah. Right? I think there were some that came out that had a 6-pin power. But, but I mean, is two sixes, though, isn't it? Maybe it comes with the Molex yeah. to 8-pin adapter or something. I mean, sure, I mean, it know. could do that. I just... I don't understand the mentality. We'll find out sooner rather than later, I guess. So, 950 and 950 Ti, possibly coming soon. Uh, I'll just mention this. There's a video game tournament happening. All right. It's what? called the I-International. What kind of video games? Dota 2. Ever played it? No. I've only it's played it. It's only $18 million million dollars from Valve. Yeah. The winning team gets $6.5 million. Wow. What's the last place team get? 54000 I've been playing mm-hmm. the wrong game. Yeah. I t- so last night I was I, I really have no interest in Dota 2 honestly. Like I don't play it, I don't follow it, but when anytime there's an 18 million dollar video game tournament going on, I was like, oh, I feel like I need to feel ESPN this. streaming this one. Who's, I don't know. Like where is the all this Ojo. money coming from? The money is crowdfunded. Really? Yeah. All the people playing Dota 2 if you bought certain amounts, certain items like for like the a game, portion of this 25% went, of it went towards the prize pool. That's a good idea, actually. It's a fantastic <laughs> idea, apparently. <laughs> right? And so, it, like, it raises the jackpots a wee bit. Maybe they no didn't joke. expect it to go that high. What did, I, what, did I, what did I hear here? Like the 12th place team at this year's International, this is the fourth one, by the way, will win more than the first place team did at the first one. Yeah. 
And uh, it was funny last night. I was watching it on my laptop, and my wife walks by. And she says, "What are you doing?" I was like, I'm "Watching a video game." be played and and she just kind of sat there and watched it for a second and there's the announcers are going off and it's it's yeah, they yeah. make it the most exciting thing in the world and i'm oh, watching it these, blah, blah, blah. and i'm like i have no idea what is happening <laughs> uh, but god it sounds exciting and she's like well what is this i said it's a video game tournament um with the winner gets six and a half million dollars and, and she's like had a tournament that that dipped into the pool of hat money for tf2 yeah yeah I mean, they could do that. I mean, that is be a lot of hat. Kelly asked me, uh, "Why are you wasting your time playing that stupid car soccer game?" Yeah, when you could be playing this and earning me a living. It's like, well, I believe that Rocket League will have a tournament <laughs> eventually, <laughs> and I'm getting be, in on the ground floor. The pot will be fifty dollars. Being really bad at it. Last year, apparently, it was on uh, ESPN three, but it's not apparently um, this time. Yeah, the ESPN's calendar has the international on its ESPN three calendar. Maybe all in the finals. Days. Oh, yeah. I don't know, but you can just go to Dota two dot com slash international and watch it as well. Like I said, I don't know anything about it. I find it absolutely amazing that this occurs. And what what's the uh, the fighting tournament that happens? Evo. Evo. And what was its prize pool this year? Like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Like the the world's largest fighting game tournament. <clears throat> And then this was $18 million. The most disappointing part about this is how much computer hardware it takes to play Dota 2. N- almost none. Yeah. yeah. And all of them showed up with laptops. No, they don't show up. They don't get to, you don't get to use your own machine. Oh, that's true. Right. Uh, it was actually, I saw a press release go by that it was a big deal for NVIDIA. All of the tournament machines are using G-Sync monitors. Whatever that's worth. <laughs> they're all running at the max. They're all V-Sync that's at 140 hertz, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want the, the, the frame gap to start uh, yeah. deciding who wins, do you? No, you do not. No, you do not. be wrong. Because they'll probably got like um, 980s in them or something trying to play Dota. Jeremy, real quick. Everybody released Z170 motherboards. Asus has their ROG Maximus 8 lineup. What, what stands out to you in this? I, I mean, the, the ROG is very much the, the ROG that you're used to. Uh, it's got all of the features that uh, it has had for a while. It's got that same spiffy look to it. I, the one nice thing about this one uh, is that, uh, and if you focus on that gene for a little bit, it is a cute little motherboard. It is. Uh, it's a micro ATX that has more features than most motherboards did three years ago. But I kind of like the fan extension card. It's a nice little smart header that you can pick up for a mm-hmm. reasonable price and throw it in there and you've got an extra three uh, PWM fans that you can control. Interfaces straight with your motherboard, takes a Molex power connector, and it's just a nice thing to, if you bought a case that doesn't have a proper fan controller if you want to keep the noise down. That's yep. cool. And this, then you can probably is... control it with the Asus software and everything just like... Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I know Asus has their entire ROG line coming up. I know they're sending one or two of them to Morty. Morty, he's super excited as well. So we'll have, we'll have info on that. And then um, the Asus Signature. Now, boards. the Signature comes with LEDs. Yes, like I like 256 that. color LEDs yes, on your motherboard. I was, I was a fan of this. When, when the, this the, you can make pulse this with your music. Yes. They, they can do temperature readings. Actually, I, when I was testing those raids, it was pulsing at me. Yeah. Earlier. Did you feel intense about mm, it? I not really. Did you go? Mm, t- mm, t- I thought I thought something. Mm, t- no, it was a really slow. It was like a ten second cycle. 
pulse, like a kind of like a really just now. Now look thing. at these look at these gigabyte boards, Jeremy. This is uh, I like this one. Like they're like you know what? We can't figure out what color we want, so all of the colors. We're just gonna do all of the colors. Rainbow. <laughs> Choose your color. I do like those silver PCI slots though. See, I do like those a lot. Here's what I hate about like doing something like this though, because those are different motherboards with different sets of features, right? They are, yes. You get like your standard yeah. channel board here in the middle, so your gaming series well, don't board Don't make me list this, this model. No, 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 but don't don't do <laughs> yeah. that. But like just so hypothetically like, you know, say you really really like orange or something and you're like, "Oh, look at that awesome orange motherboard." And then you look at the specs and you realize that the only stuff you really wanted was on the red one. Now it's just like, eh. Yeah, but I mean, how's that any different than if they just chose red anyway and they only had red? That's true, too. Break out the nail polish and just go very carefully Here, with the peg slots. But that's why I like what right. Aces is doing with the white. You know, yeah. they're, they're staying on a grayscale. I, I like recently. the white design. Um, uh, they did, what was that motherboard they did just after CES? It was like a tough board. Oh, Sabertooth. Saber X99. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one that's the storage one. Yeah, well, the all-white armor and stuff. No, that uh, was, it was the Sabertooth Z97, I think. Oh, yeah, that okay, one that was one white. had like, yeah. a white like armor and stuff on it. The X99 is all dark colors, yeah. but... But the thing is, it's not like colors. It's all dark. It's just like black or gray or white. Like on all the Asus stuff lately. It's just like... What, what, are, what are the features that stand out on the Gigabyte boards, Jeremy? Well, the huge difference between the Asus and the Gigabyte board is uh, the sound, actually. Because, and as I can't believe I was actually reading this, Long Low Chai GMF Audio at Creative Technology. Had to do it, because that's literally his name. Uh, Sound Blaster did this whole crazy thing uh, with special caps uh, from Nichichan. The audio system sounds really frigging impressive on the Gigabyte boards, and it's on almost every single one of the ten models that they spat out. It's one of the ways motherboards are sort of differentiating themselves is completely different audio uh, solutions, and generally, they're pretty Bloody impressive! It's it's hard to sell somebody on a video or on an audio card nowadays because the onboard video or onboard audio is so ridiculously good. Yeah. The other nice thing that all of the the 100 series boards I've seen dual NICs, and they're depending on the implementation. I mean, Gigabyte of course went with Killer. Uh, you can actually use them both at once. They're intended to both be used at once. One of the ports will get all of the high-speed, really latency-dependent uh, connections, and the second one is just done for your, your general, uh, you know, say peer-to-peer Windows updates because those are going to become important to you soon. It's an interesting way of designing it. It's not something you usually see on motherboards. Is expecting to have both. Blink. I think my audio is just It's back dying. now. You're fine. I, I should have plugged in Momentary both my hiccup. LAN Momentary. cables. Yeah. But yeah, dual LAN is going to become uh, an interesting solution. Yeah, it's all it's been there for a while on a lot of things, but more it seems more and more motherboards are implementing it for sure. So we'll have uh Maury get his ass to work when he gets back from vacation to start reviewing all these motherboards. So Check out there. Okay, now it's time for the most important news story of the day. Of course it is. Now, if I play this video, will our video be taken down? Not if we talk over it and don't put it full screen. Okay, cool. So uh, they released a new trailer for Star Wars Battlefront. I'm going to keep the audio off here so we don't have any issues. We'll just say EA a lot. Because EA is bringing you an (laughs) EA game from DICE from EA. So we talked about Battlefront. Let them know the power of the Empire. (laughs) (laughs) 
We need the A-wing fighters. Uh, but so we, t- I, I played in the alpha for a few hours of, uh-huh. of the first Battlefront alpha that was out. This is showing off uh, gameplay of the shooting Tie Fighters mode, as I like to call it. But what if you're a Tie Fighter? No you shouldn't shoot other Tie Fighters. Yeah, you still should. Well, the Tie Advanced had armor. See, if you followed Cannon, yeah, the Interceptor had uh, absolutely none. Correct. Right, but that that makes for. The, but it has quad laser cannons. So you okay, it was fast. How much is this look like good gameplay to you guys? I don't. Does, um, does this look like fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks more fun than I can. Yes, it looks fun. I would play it. I think it's more. I'm trying to fun, figure yes. out. So I'm, I'm trying to remember. Like everybody loved Tie Fighter, right? Like the old yeah. Tie Fighter game. What did it do that is different than say what Rogue Squadron did? Hmm. Well, you were balancing power and engines. More the advanced and the weird, the weird models. You might get yeah. shields, but probably is that not. what that's doing in the middle of the bar there between the yellow and the red? Wait for it to come back. So we're watching for people on the audio package. We're watching Tie Fighters blow up X wings. You didn't and expect that. And, did oh you? gosh! <laughs> yeah, see how you've got the red and the There's yellow. A slider, at the bottom? Yeah. So that looks the like shields, shields versus okay temporary shields. The uh, Imperials get temporary uh, burst speed. Oh, okay. So I'm guessing that is your special ability recharging. Oh no, not Slave One! November. Now the worrying thing is, you won't be lined up to get the, the Falcon or Slave One. You're going to be looking for a power-up that you hit, and it gives you the upgrade to those ships for a couple of minutes. I hope they're random, because otherwise at the beginning of every map... Everybody's no going to be, be fighting. Everyone's just going to be headed straight well, for those power-ups. It, it, it might be like the person with the most kills for that round or some, or some sort of perk like that. If I don't get to be the Millennium Falcon every battle, I'm not playing. Okay. Well, then I guess you're not playing. Can More I use my me. Logitech G29? Uh, I don't think so. Does it have a? Does it pull out? It, Did you try it, it just slides right off the desk when Can you try that. Can I use my that, Logitech so. Wingman? Yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Hmm. I would hope so. So, November 17th, can't get here quickly enough. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I can, because winter sucks. That's fair. Do you ever leave winter? <laughs> it's about <laughs> a three-week three span. out of the year. It's a three-week span. Three weeks. It's three weeks. Three days. I'm waiting for our air conditioning to be fixed here. So, yes, November would be fantastic in my book. I'm going to have to set the thing so that it doesn't cool off or warm up overnight. But anyway, so that is Star Wars Battlefront. Let's get into our hardware software picks of the week real quick. I'm picking this even though I don't know if I recommend it yet. But I did get some <laughs> Amazon Dash in, which is this little physical real-world button yep. that you place somewhere and you push it and it orders things for you. You just got one? I got two. I got uh, Glad for garbage bags. And bounty for paper towels. So it actually says like the logo. Got, yeah, just like that has like, on this one has the Tide logo. It has you have to get one for each. It's branded for each thing. So it's it's brightly colored. Does it make a clicking noise when you press it? I haven't pushed it yet because I don't need to order. I pushed it. it. You're does. aware you have oh. a kid now. But wait, I get a notification on my phone if somebody pushes it for to order, how, and if I don't want it, I can cancel it. How is it communicating? Wi-Fi. So how, you, how do you, you, you put it on when your... you when you the setup is. You hold down the button for five seconds. It goes into a sync mode. You start your Amazon app. Go to the Dash section. Go to oh. set it up. It does direct Wi-Fi connect. And then you tell it where, what the wireless network is, what the okay. password is. And then you tell it which item you want it to order. So, like, I hooked up the, the bounty and figured out what paper towels I wanted and set it to that. And then yeah. you set a default shipping address. And the next time somebody pushes that, it orders those paper towels to your place automatically. And you set it for, what, like an order of how many? 
uh, 12 giant rolls or huge rolls or big rolls or whatever. You the hit hell the button it is. once, you get 12 giant rolls. Yeah. Of, so you won't hit the button very often. So you're going to hit this button five times. Before the battery's dead in that thing. I don't know. Like, I use a lot more paper towels than you, apparently. No, the battery, I, I don't actually know what the battery life's supposed to do be. Do they have one for the lube? <laughs> uh, let me check under health and personal care. Where would you stick that Olay, one, Josh? Olay, Gillette, and L'Oreal. <laughs> that it would stay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's a fairly limited thing here now. Bounty, Tide, Cottonelle for, for your TP, Josh. Clorox, Glad, uh-huh. Gatorade, Maxwell House, that type of Gatorade? stuff. Gatorade? Yep. Gatorade. What about water? Uh, smart water. Water's better. Smart water. I said yes. Yeah. Uh, baby, they have Huggies. I use Pampers. Not me. My baby uses Pampers. Uh, <laughs> you might start using Huggies if you can get an Amazon. Uh, True. But Amazon Elements, they have uh, wipes. So I might sign up for wipes. I they, thought Amazon also made diapers. Like I thought that was a big deal. I don't deal. know if they do. I think Target does. Oh. I don't know if they do. But you can see here, like, you can see what, like, they all are. And, and I, I don't know how much, so you how useful to, this is going to okay, be. Okay, so that costs you five bucks. It costs you five dollars. And then you have to pay five bucks for the ability to hit a button. Yep. Oh, and no, our, our battery died. Quick, ch- switch oh, to Josh. No. Oh, yeah, I do that. That's fine, too. Um, <laughs> so, yes, we have that. We knew this was going to happen. Uh, so you have to pay five bucks, but then you can hit a button... And then potentially have to still approve it on your phone? You don't have to approve it on your phone. You just get, like, if somebody accidentally pushes it, you have the ability to cancel it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or if you have a kid who goes up to it and goes, it just hits it over and over and over again. You don't get 3,000 paper towels. You don't get 3,000 paper towels. Um, I, I'm not sure I'm a fan of the idea of paying $5 for the right to order stuff from Amazon, but yeah, I understand see, that there is some kinda... fixed price there that you have to get over. It probably costs them more than 5 bucks to make that. I imagine if this pilot program is successful, that maybe these companies will be willing to pay that amount for you to get that button with their logo on it. Because like, you get a Gatorade thing, you can only order Gatorade on it. It's just that like it's just so quick to just order something on Amazon. Even The idea is for your household goods, something that is used often i understand you've got a kd button but i mean (laughs) but i mean there are household goods that at our house that we purchase off of amazon we just don't use a button for it and it's almost just like you can do it pretty darn quick no it's not a button i know it's not a button so imagine i mean the idea like if you go back to the, the the example where the tide is on the thing you just poured your your last, yeah, your last thing, thing of tide. of tide into the, into the machine. And you you just, just started you just it, and now button. you just hit the button, and now two days later you're going to have more tide. Yeah. Right? That's the convenient thing that you're supposed to get there. I get that. it. So uh, we're still we're still fixing our camera here. We're, we're stalling for time. Let's just go ahead and Kendra's jump climbing to our a ladder. next guy. Uh, Jeremy, <laughs> what, is, uh, what is your pick as I go here to find our... Uh, our Alan list? failed us, and so did you. Okay. Uh, they they beat us to it. Yeah, that's right. Alan did this guy so. made a welder out of a power supply. Uh, oh, sweet. And and sadly, just to make a thermocouple, which well, inventive seems a waste for building yeah. a welder out of a power supply. Now, it's not to say you guys can't fill it up. It's just to add additional pressure. Because I mean, come on, we can get a fifteen hundred watt in there now. Yeah, I agree. And it's perfectly safe. Really. Perfect oh, Absolutely. Hey, look, it's us again. It's video. If the video looks so slightly different, you are seeing things. It's because it's Please a different signal. This it. is not a different camera at all. <laughs> I hope it looks slightly different because it's a different camera. This will actually be good for us because we're yes. going to look at the video. So if you were watching frame. before and if the video seems worse <laughs> or better, let us know. Like part two video. If it's that like was. the optometrist. A? 
Yes. A or, or B. B. This is B. A. We just had a slight or delay B. between A and B that involved Ken getting on a ladder and re- disconnecting HDMI cable. Yes. So yeah. just skip back and forth on the YouTube video uh, and just let us know. Okay, Jeremy, is that it? You're good? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I was going to show you how to recharge an alkaline battery, but probably you don't want to do that to uh, the camera, do you? No, no, no. No, no, no not right, the brand no, new no. camera, no. Uh, Josh. Me. You. So, anyway, you know what? I'm tired of helical gears. I'm tired of the chomping of the wheel. I'm tired of, of just the not great force feedback effects that my $100 wheel back in the day gave me. Did you do it? Did you order it? I Well, I ordered the uh, this one. Yeah. The Thrustmaster TX. Oh, did you? That doesn't nope. even have a clutch. Well... Well, he, does, he doesn't need sequential. a clutch. I, I'm in a sequential <laughs> state of mind. Wait a and, minute. Uh, You're going to be what? cheating. That's not cheating. Not having a clutch? Right. It's a paddle shifter anyway. Sequential. Yeah, it's a paddle shifter. Man. Yeah, look at the yeah. Ferraris. I mean, Man, that's... such a cheater. The F458 actually has no clutch, a brake, a gas, and paddle shifters. No. Oh, okay, okay. So this fast. is this is uh because I was thinking of the wheel that's like a hundred dollars more. Yeah, the T three hundred. Yeah, that's slightly yeah. updated. This like is slightly internals. smaller. It's got a less powerful motor, but it's a hundred bucks less money. Won't you feel but like a tool staring at a Ferrari logo the whole time? You know, belt driven, and uh, it looks nice. Can you? It's not maybe I'll send. You, maybe I'll send you one of the G twenty nines and. Uh, so you can we can do it A B. Can yeah. can you change that wheel out on that one? Yes. Uh, okay, so what I like when I was researching the wheel stuff is the Thrustmaster brand, they have like an F one style wheel, only hundred and fifty bucks. Like okay. the really and narrow. They've got a like, nice leather wrapped you know, one. Again, it's like hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, they're very, very is not cheap for inexpensive. Well, However, you can swap them in and out with this mount. Yeah. But can I can I buy the base with the wheel I want instead of having to buy a new wheel? No. That's stupid. That's when you start getting up to like the T five hundred. Yeah, gotcha. It's kind of stupid. Which is actually more, more outdated panic. than the T three hundred is right now. Yeah. All right, we need to get this uh, racing stream planned. Josh, when do you get your new wheel in? Tomorrow. All right, done. I'll All take right. pictures. We'll figure this and, out. All right, Al, or yeah. Ken, that's your job for tomorrow. I'll charge the camera. Stream. Yeah, charge the camera so we can <laughs> yeah. do a live stream. Fantastic. Uh, okay, uh, and last but not least. Uh, maybe least I haven't decided until I see what it is. Alan, what's your pick? So uh, I've been doing this trick on every Windows install that I've done for a while now, and it, apparently it also applies to Windows 10. I didn't know that, uh, but that's good to know. So you can go into your oh, group I policy editor. Love these ads. And you can make it so that Windows will never do that. Uh, you have 15 minutes or five minutes before I'm going to reboot, whether you like it or not. Yep. You know that thing after a Windows update? Mm-hmm. That really annoys me. Can sure. I reduce it to like um, one second with this tool? Uh, maybe I don't know, but with that this, would really amuse me. Uh, with this, it's it, the the the. It's not a registry key, although you can do this with a registry key. Also, if you dig and find where it is, uh, the group policy editor thing is just much easier and maybe even a little bit safer to do. But the the thing is called no auto restart with logged on users for scheduled automatic update installations. So it's pretty that much exactly really what you want. Clunky. Right? Rolls off. Well, no, it makes sense, right? It's like you're logged in, you're doing stuff, yeah. or you have stuff running that you don't want to just disappear yeah. with Do a forced reboot. they have an acronym for that? 
Um, Narwhals. 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 Yes. Yes, yeah. they yeah. the yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yes. So yeah, that is right, that's cool. That is a thing that can be done. You can you can kill that. It's just you have to kind of you know it, go back to that window and scroll up to the top. Sorry. Uh, nope. Top. Sorry. The, Here the you top. Go. Start download. Ooh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't don't click on that. Ooh, Dr. Zipper. I love this click one. On that. It's not Dr. Zipper, it's D Zipper. <laughs> um, but okay. I mean it's an, fine. An un D zipper. <laughs> a D zipper. Open D zipper. No, do not. Josh, don't. Josh, no. I was gonna say Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, that's gonna round out the show tonight, guys. Thank you. I know it's been a long one. Um we had some camera issues at the beginning, we had some camera issues in the middle. But it's all figured out now. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, PCPro.com slash podcast. If you missed any of it, you can find it there uh, for all of our back episodes, RSS on how to subscribe, uh, YouTube embed, or you can just go to YouTube.com slash PCPro, subscribe to us there. You'll get all of our podcast videos as well as all the other video content that we do. And again, PCPro.com slash live, Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, and PCPro.com slash subscribe if you want to sign up for that mailing list. Uh, Make sure you go find the Gigabyte contest that looks like this page here so that you can enter to win a full PC powered by a Core i7-5960X and a Gigabyte X99 motherboard, which is still significantly faster than a Skylake, by the way. It is an 8-core 16-thread processor. Yeah, uh, It is a $1,000 CPU, so $2,600 system you can win. So make sure you go check that out. And with that, we will finally leave this abysmal podcast. I'm Ryan Schrout. Still Jeremy Holstrom. Call his wife. Call me. I'm Josh Walworth. And I'm Alan Malventano. I did not I did not know what the chat room that refers to, but I care. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Good night.